Hello and welcome back to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges. And here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Today, I have the pleasure of being with Nicole Cook. Hi, Nicole. Thanks for being here. Hi, Isabel. Thank you for having me. So before we dive in, Nicole, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them a little bit about who you are. And also, I'd love to hear from you. What does empowerment mean to you? Okay, well, thank you again for having me. Um, Let's see about me. So I had the pleasure of meeting you, Isabel, not too long ago at a sisterhood yoga retreat. And I was honored enough to be leading some breath work and restorative yoga there. Um, My story is one of healing and managing chronic illness. I was diagnosed with Lyme disease about six and a half years ago as a super extroverted person who loved to be around people and drinking beer and doing all the things and being in the thick of it, the diagnosis of Lyme disease kind of created a 180 in my life. And I had to do a bit of an about face and turn really quite inward in my journey, in my, my seeking healing. So that's what led me. I was already fortunate enough to be teaching yoga at the time I was teaching a very young driven power type class and living in Costa Rica at the time when I got diagnosed so I was lucky enough to be immersed in in an extremely healing place in fact the place that I lived was one of the blue zones in the world so I was incredibly lucky to be in such a healing environment on the ocean and surrounded with a lot of healers uh, access to all manner of healing, food, ocean, water, movement, everything. So I I ended up seeking out uh, one of my restorative yoga mentors in the process of looking for healing. I got really into restorative yoga when I realized that my body wasn't up for this kind of yangi, super active yoga. It was in a very different state. And at one point when I was in the midst of practicing restorative yoga, I remember laying on a bolster and um, kind of fighting with my body and being so sad and so devastated that it couldn't move. And the longer I laid on the bolster, the more it started sinking in. I had this realization that my my body was fighting so hard for me and that it was on my team and it was on my side. And I just needed to surrender to this process of healing and um, let it do what it needed to do. Uh, that was a big turning point for me from the place of embracing restorative yoga, a practice called power restore was born. That's another long story, but it's the, it's a, it's a yoga sequence that I created based on my own journey of, of being able to drop into a restorative recovery place in the midst of action and show my body what recovery and healing looked like. So that process began uh, power restore kind of took on a life of its own. It became a thing in Costa Rica. And then I was lucky enough to bring it into Truckee Tahoe where I live now. Um, And all, all along that journey, all along that journey, not only power restore, but I started inviting in just about every modality that I could get my hands on from combo frog medicine, 
um, herbs, plants, cacao, ceremony, floating, you name breath work, breath work, which is where we met recently has been my latest um, modality that I'm teaching. Uh, just you name it. I, I've, I've tried it. I've spent a lot of time focusing inward. And uh, as Isabel, I think you may have heard me say when we were doing our breath work that I kind of became obsessed or um, in love with the idea of getting high on my own supply and no longer relying on outside forces to heal me. That was a very long process to stop relying on outside people and outside things and to heal me, but to really focus on this inward journey and learn how my body um, could really work for me and just to surrender to the process of healing. I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you for walking us through. Yeah. I know that's just a little blip in your journey. So I, I would love to hear you riff a little bit on practice. When you and I were together, we talked about how we have these practices and often we have these unhealthy practices. So I'll speak for myself. I know that I'm in this practice of anxiety and um, anxiety over a specific person in my life. And I just keep ruminating and ruminating and ruminating. Can you talk a little bit about how I might be practicing that anxiety and how I can practice something different? Well, I just got chills on you saying it in that way because I haven't heard it put that way before. And that's so profound and so interesting. And I'm, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because you and I mentioned the primal trust program and the brain retraining and the brain rewiring that um, I've been personally working on in my own journey. And you just hit the nail on the head uh, with kind of what happens there. So there's 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 two parts to nervous system healing i'm going to bring it to the nervous system because there's two significant parts of nervous system healing and one is bottom-up regulation where we're showing our body safety and we're placing ourselves in restorative postures and we're sh we're just doing different things with our body to send the message to the brain that it's safe and then the brain in turn sends the neurotransmitters of either relaxation and calm and safety down or action and activity and then the other part of that is top-down regulation, which is your brain telling your body what's going on. So when you're saying that you are practicing anxiety, when you're going into stories from the past or you're ruminating on certain thoughts, you're keeping your body via your brain in this unhealthy, anxious sympathetic, they would call it sympathetic state when we're talking about the nervous system, this fight or flight state consistently, because as long as you're, I love how you said practicing, as long as you're practicing those thoughts and sitting in that rumination, your body, your body is continuously receiving the message from your brain that it is not safe. It's not okay. It's not okay. And that chemically changes your body, right? It chemically changes your body. So in my healing journey, it took me a really long time to get to this point because we have this tendency to say, oh, it's, it's unrelated, right? These are all physical symptoms. It's not connected with my thoughts. It's a hundred percent connected with your thoughts because if your body feels fear from the thoughts that you're giving it, it's going to stay in fear. In this course that I'm taking, she talks about switching from, um, 
can hormones, which is cortisol, adrenaline, and norepinephrine, which is what's happening when you're ruminating and your anxiety, you're sending that message from your brain to your body to continuously stay stimulated. Whereas if you shift that thought process and you tell yourself, I am in, I am in this moment, I'm okay. You're actually switching the hormones and the neurotransmitters to what they refer to as dose which is dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, completely different chemical messengers going into your body. So that's a very long-winded way of, of saying that the more you practice that anxiety thought pattern for me, it's worrying about symptoms, right? I have this symptom. I have this symptom. The symptom's coming up. I'm just continuously telling my body that it has that symptom. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can shift that script and you can flip the script and be in the present moment and find yourself grounded, I can say I am safe regardless of what symptoms I might be feeling. Very different messages being sent down, very different outcome. Hopefully yeah. that made sense. <laughs> I mean, it makes Long-winded. so much sense. Makes so much sense. And I'm hearing our listening, our listeners ask, well, then how if I've created this pattern or this habit or this practice and I'm going in a direction that I don't want to go? how do I flip that script? Like, how do I change directions? And I know that question could fill a whole book. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, I, and I think that the number one thing, the simplest way to really start making change is through awareness and interrupting that pattern. It's really awareness. And you could spend probably the next three, four, five months on awareness alone and just catching those patterns. And it's, incredible what that awareness starts doing. So if you're finding yourself and I'll just use myself an example symptom, right? Like symptom, what does this mean? What did I eat? Blah, blah, blah. I catch myself in it. And I just say, cancel, like cancel, not helpful. Take a deep breath, bring myself into the present moment. And there are a lot of different things that you can do around that. One is just a mantra, be here now, be here now, be here now. You can do that 150 times a day and that will have a profound shift right there. Gajillions of other things you could do in addition, but I think that uh, pattern interrupt and that awareness is significant. Yeah, simplifying it. So I love that you're just giving us the one thing that we can do um, even to do that repetitively. Mm -hmm. 100 times a day, you might notice your thoughts going there. Right. And you're like, Holy cow, this is how much I love that you said practice. This is how much I'm practicing this. Yeah. And I know that for myself and for the women that I work with who experience anxiety, there's often this extra layer of suffering that we put on top of the anxiety and we make ourselves wrong for the struggle or we make our children wrong for the struggle. And then that adds not only to the challenge that they're experiencing, but then that maybe the shame that they feel or that we feel. How can we use these nervous system supports so that we can kind of scrape off that top layer of additional suffering? And do you have a technique that you use with yourself or with the people that you work with so that we can kind of come back to center before we move all the way into like complete relaxation and restoration. Um, yeah, there are, 
I I think as far as you mean, you mean taking off sort of the, so you've recognized your anxiety and then you're dealing with a bit of shame for having that anxiety. That's it. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, again, there are, there are so many different things. I think, I think that the, the main thing again is to bring yourself back into the present moment by recognizing that it's happening. And that could be that in, that could include recognizing that you're anxious, recognizing the thoughts, and then recognizing um, the thoughts behind the thoughts, which are maybe what I hear you saying mm. is maybe I shouldn't have those thoughts. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's just acknowledging that um, we, um, what's the best way of saying that? Um, I guess that it's, that it's, I don't know if you've heard the phrase, name it to tame it, right? So I think uh, just naming that out loud is probably super helpful. Just literally saying, having anxious thoughts, feeling shameful for having anxious thoughts. You're kind of um, addressing the elephant in the room. It's not hidden. You're bringing it into the light. And so mm -hmm. briefly before we, uh, when we were chatting earlier, we talked about maybe, maybe one of the modalities that you can use to just flood yourself with light. And one thing that I like to do that I like to teach in my classes is to close your eyes and imagine two white lights coming in through your nostrils mm -hmm. and moving up toward the center of your mind. In the center of the mind, you have this gland that we may have heard of known as the pineal gland. It's one of our most primal organs. It's part of our quote unquote reptilian brain, our primal original brain. And this is the place that is connected to our higher wisdom, our intuition and our innate sort of self-knowing and connection to the earth and connection to the seasons, breathing that white light, lighting up that part of the brain, and then softening the prefrontal cortex, the thinking, analyzing part of the brain. We're allowing that to go offline and we're really lighting up this intuitive primal part of ourselves, this innate early part of ourselves. And you can imagine, and I like to imagine maybe that it's the shape of a pine cone, just lighting up this, this pine cone. And you can imagine this almost like a lighthouse light, just, it, it just slowly begins to turn and descend down from the head and down the neck and then down the chest and the shoulders and the back, down the lung and the heart space, down the rib cage, the side body, moving into the pelvic floor and the groin and then descending all the way down the legs, the thighs, the knees, the shins, the calves, the ankles, the tops of the feet and the soles of the feet, and just flooding your body with this white light of awareness and compassion and love for all that you are, all that you feel, all that you are, that you own those emotions. And there is nothing wrong with having those emotions and feelings. And we just send, we just send light, we send light and love and awareness there and just, and just light them up. And then the next part later is to just spend time there bringing being with the compassion and, and, and inviting all of those darker parts of ourselves in free from judgment oh my goodness that is so beautiful so beautiful it reminds me i get this sense of an inner mother feels mm. like i'm mothering myself and it may it's reminding me of this technique or tool that I use with my children when they are having a flare up of an emotion. 
And it's just to believe them that whatever they're experiencing is real. And I don't try to make them be quiet. First, I, I let them know that I can tell that this, what they're experiencing is really hard. And then once I've connected with them and their experience, then I can guide them, which is what I hear you saying. We're, we're just shedding a light on what is really there. And then from that point, we're dissolving it or comforting it so that it can be released. So I mother my children in this way, but with this guidance, I can mother myself in that way too, which is so beautiful. I love how you just made that connection as well. You may have heard the the comment or the saying, would you ever talk to a child the way that you talk to yourself? So to talk to yourself saying, I'm anxious about this and that's not okay. Or I, I shouldn't be having this thought. You would not say that to your child, right? You would exactly what you just said. I think that's another brilliant way of, of rephrasing um, exactly what we're talking about. I think that's a perfect explanation. Mm-hmm. It also brings us back to the title of this podcast, right? Mother's Empowerment, because we get to empower. I, I see this this light also is like has a powerful essence to it. And as we shine that power all around ourselves, then it can shine out of us. But it has to start inside before we can We have to give it to ourselves, right? Before we can give it to our kids, before we can give compassion to our kids or love even, we really have to be able to give it to ourselves. And I know you have a lot to say on this. Just a hundred percent agree. It's also something that I bring up in almost every, every class we do the, you know, before we do the namaste, we do the thumbs touching the heart and then the fingers spreading away and, and, and there's this maybe tendency in our Western thought process that we're being selfish when we're doing self-care. And exactly like you said, if we don't, if we can't truly spend the time and do the healing, embracing all the shadowy parts of ourselves and the, and the things that the dark places that we might be capable of, of a certain type of anger, we might be c- capable of of quote unquote bad things. If we can't shed that light and spend time loving these fractured part of ourselves and love ourselves as a whole for all of the bits and pieces that we are, how can we spread that love and compassion to others? If, if we're so lost and troubled in our own place. So uh, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly that it, it has to start with this time spent with, with finding love for ourselves and spaciousness and practice that and practice that over and over and over. There's also this tendency to be like, okay, I'm in this class and it's the invitation to shed layers or I've set an intention and I'm going to come out of the class and that's going to be bad. It's, it's just an Mm. invitation to begin. And it's something you do over and over and over for the rest of your life. So practice Mm -hmm. like you said. Yes. Okay. So speaking of practices before we close, I would love to hear what is your next empowering action that you would like to invite our listeners to take? Ooh, next empowering action that I would invite all of us to take. I, I think I just have to, 
I have to reiterate sort of the exactly what we've been talking about, the foundation of all of the practices that I teach, yin and restorative and the breath work and, and what all of those practices are doing, uh, again, just to repeat it, is to invite us to sit with the sit with all of the stuff, allow it to come up, um, be with it in the way that you're capable of being within. And that doesn't mean you have to do it overnight and then you don't have control over it. I, I guess it, hopefully this isn't too much of a babbly tangent, but for example, if you're in an active breathwork class and you're really inviting in this activated part of your nervous system and things start to come up, we don't need to let it blast out all at once if we're not ready for it. We always have and as this addresses empowerment, we always have um, control over how much we are willing to let go at once. So we can bring ourselves back down. We can take our hands we can touch and we can hug and we can love ourselves. We can slow down our breathing. If we're in a yin practice and things get too intense, we can bring ourselves out. So we're always empowered to be in control of the process, how we want to, how and when we want to allow these things to come up. But the practice still, the invitation still remains to be able to, in some way, as slowly as you need to, to, to start dropping into these practices of learning to love all parts of yourselves. And, and through the silence and through the stillness, if it's a yin or restorative class, or through the activation, to just start bringing your awareness to what comes up sit with it for as long as you can send the light of your awareness in and just create spaciousness for it. It's all about awareness and spaciousness and light for those dark places. It's not fixing, it's not overcoming, it's not hiding from, it's sending the light of your awareness to these shadowy parts and, and beginning to the process of, of love for all of you. Hopefully that makes sense. It makes so much sense. So titrating between the light mm. and the dark in the light and the dark, not staying in either one for an extended amount of time. Great way of saying it. In fact, titrating is new in my, in my world. I love how much we overlap and integrate with each other. It's so exciting. Um, yeah, that word is perfect that you can, you can dip a toe into the dark spots and then just bring yourself out. We're not looking to speed there and hang out there forever, right? This is your journey and your process and you allow it to come up as you see fit and as you see willing, but just the invitation to be able to go there because over time um, you will start embracing and loving all parts of you. I mean, love all your words. <laughs> awesome. Well, where can our listeners find out more about you and your work? Well, I live in the Truckee Tahoe area. My website, which is under construction and should be, it's still all there, but under construction, Power Restore Yoga, and that's powerrestoreyoga.com. I'm also on Instagram, a public profile under Power Restore Yoga. I believe it's power underscore restore underscore yoga. And then you can also find me on Facebook. And that's under Nicole Elizabeth Cook. And that's spelled K-O-C-H. I don't use the Power Restore on Facebook as much, just my personal profile. And an interesting note on that, my personal life blends so much with my professional life. There's almost no separation, which you can probably understand as well, which is why the personal profile is out there for everybody there. It's my healing journey is all up there for everybody to see in all the modalities uh, for breath work. And I offer private restorative and power restore. Um, all of it can be done online. So 
yeah, those are places to find me and reach out and connect. And we will have those in the show notes as well. Any, any last tidbits that you want to share before we close? I feel like I might dilute it if I add anything mm -hmm. else. I feel like we kind of uh, dipped our toe in the water of self-love and compassion and what empowerment means. And, and I love how you referred to it as mothering yourself. I think it just... Mm -hmm it's also neatly wrapped up and that connects with the mother earth too, right? We're all connected. We're all one. And we've, we've, we've got to bring ourselves together as a, as a whole unit. Mm. Yes. Well, that's all for today, my friends, but here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you. Bye for now.